Hi, it's Elise Lunen, host of Pulling the Thread. I'm thrilled to welcome today's guest, dear friend, and powerful facilitator, Drea Bendewald, founder of The Art of Circling. I woke up at 2 a.m. last night drenched in sweat, throwing bedding off of me. Every pet was also on top of me, which probably didn't help. Many nights, I have the opposite problem, where I'm hunting in the hall closet for extra blankets in the wee hours because I'm freezing. In part, this is because my husband and I have wildly different sleep temperature preferences, and I'm cold because he's left all the sliding doors in our house wide open. But there's actually a solution I've come to learn, and I'm all about a sleep solution because we know how important good, uninterrupted sleep is for every facet of health. Have you heard about Chili Pad by Sleep Me? It's a bed cooling system designed to revolutionize the way you sleep naturally. The Chili Pad bed cooling system is your new bedtime solution. It lets you customize your sleeping environment to your optimal temperature, ensuring you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. Chili Pad works with your existing mattress. It's a water-based mattress topper that continuously controls your bed temperature from 55 to 115 degrees. You can also choose a different setting than your partner, so you each get what you need. What I want? A cool mattress with piles of blankets on top. Chili Pad believes sleeping at the optimal temperature helps people naturally reach their highest potential physically and mentally. Visit www.sleep.me thread to get your Chili Pad and save up to $315 with code THREAD. This offer is available exclusively for Pulling the Thread listeners and only for a limited time. Order it today with free shipping and try it out for 30 days. You can return it for free if you don't like it with their sleep trial. Visit www.sleep.me slash thread because you're not just investing in better sleep, you're creating a better life. Hi, it's Elise Lunen, host of Pulling the Thread. On this show, we pull apart the web in which we all live to understand who we are and why we're here. Pulling the Thread is about big questions, why we do what we do, how we can understand our own experiences within a larger spiritual and historical context, the ways in which we might begin to understand ourselves and each other better, and what's required to heal ourselves and our world. I'll be joined in conversation by luminaries and wise elders, those who have laid tracks in their work and lives to help us bring meaning and understanding to a world that often feels chaotic and overwhelming. My hope is that these conversations spark moments of resonance and plant tiny seeds of awareness so that we might all collectively learn and grow. So circling can be very personal, meaning you have your own awareness. It's not like, you know, you come to a circle and everybody sees you and they know everything about you and now you're outed. No, it's you can have an experience where you see yourself and everybody in the circle, you have an inner awakening that leads you down a spiritual path of getting to know yourself in a way that you had no idea. Like I've, I've, I see it happen all the time where a woman will say, I've never shared this before. I don't know why I'm sharing, but it was something that 
so-and-so said, and I feel like I need to share it. And that share will be part of the whole circle that will then be a ripple effect that will then inspire somebody else to share. And then you have this whole you know, circle of women, women having these epiphanies about themselves, for themselves. Nobody's forcing them to do anything but it's simply just from women sharing their stories. So says Drea Bendewald, the founder of The Art of Circling. Drea is a dear friend and powerful to behold, particularly when she's in action holding space for other women. She holds circles where women, strangers and friends alike, gather to tell the truth about their lives, to be witnessed, to be heard. Admittedly, I was very nervous before I joined my first circle, but Drea builds a safe and grounded container in which to alchemize your emotions and bring your stories out of the shadows in a type of communal confession. What's most profound is when you hear your story, something you thought had only ever happened to you, come out of another woman's mouth. Ultimately, Drea is also a teacher intent on spreading the sacred and ages-old activity across the globe. Women have always gathered to share wisdom and stories. It's only recently that we've been torn apart. In our conversation today, she explains how to do it, whether you choose to circle with your own friends or join her. Meanwhile, I'm thrilled to announce that she's holding circles for On Our Best Behavior, which anyone can join. You can go to her website, theartofcircling.com, to learn more. Okay. Let's get to our conversation. I'm so excited for this long-awaited podcast. We've been talking about doing this for a year. I don't even know. Perfect timing. Is it perfect timing? Yeah, it really is. I mean, I have have a lot to say. (laughs) I mean, like, because of your book, because of the world colliding or all of this all of this happening at the same time, meaning I've been leading circles all this time and your book is what we've all been talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just, and just, but before we get into the pod, 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 I mean, the amount of texts I'm getting from friends that are reading your book that have already given the book to other people that are starting their own book clubs, like not, not because of me, like, like they're just doing it and reporting back to me. I mean, they've heard me talk about it obviously, but, it's amazing. It's That's what's amazing. been so powerful about this experience because, I mean, it's still early days, but it had an amazing start. Primarily driven, you know, I got a little bit of media, which was great, and some sort of highfalutin support, but it's been really driven by civilians and women talking to each other and sharing the book, which is my stated dream going into this. I mean, we've had many conversations about circling and the power of when women start telling the truth about their lives to each other, to sometimes friends, but more often strangers. And the way that that, Mm -hmm. it starts like a a wildfire. And yeah, it feels like you're on fire or you're sort of like about to, in my sense of, and we haven't known each other for that long, but like that you have been sort of a smoldering ember alive with the potential of this movement and that now if it 
maybe you feel like it's already sort of like burning down the meadow, but that it's about to sort of go wild. So will you take us back to sort of the beginning in terms of this? I mean, you can take us back to the beginning of your life if you want as well, but just sort of the beginning of of circling and how this showed up in your life. Yes. I was born and raised in New York City, in the city, in the West Village. And I moved and I studied to be an actress, went to high school performing arts and went to college for theater, moved out to L.A. to be an actress, to pursue acting. And I had my best friend was living out here and I knew a couple of other people. But I moved away from home and landed in Laurel Canyon amongst a group of incredible artists and directors, producers, you name it. A lot of actors, too. And they were just beginning to explore this thing called a goddess circle right as I landed. And, you know, I coming from New York, I was a very tough New Yorker. The joke is, or not the joke, the truth is, I was like leather jacket, chain smoking, coffee drinking. You could not, you know, fuck with me, let's say. And because I grew up in New York and it was kind of rough, but also because of childhood trauma, let's say. So I was very guarded, very protected, very scared. I was an actress, so I appeared to have it all together on the outside. I appeared to be very self-assured, but on the inside, I was like a total disaster. And I sat in my first circle, and this is fun because my best friends like to claim who brought me to my first circle so there's three of them <laughs> jen chris and lee like the like the triple goddesses that all get credit for taking me to my first circle and it was in that first first circle that i felt something that i had never felt before and that was i felt safe i felt seen i felt awake it, and it was like it's like I'm feeling a little trembly now it was like something was happening something happened to me in that first first circle and I just recently found the journal entry about it so I actually know that I'm telling the, the correct version of this and what I think happened was I was connected to something the divine what was created in that container with these other women and I felt a connection to these other women who who on entry, I had them above me. They were more successful. They were more beautiful. They were more together. They were more, 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 more. I was nothing. Who am I? But it was in that beautiful container, just women sitting in a circle, nothing crazy going on, except women sitting in a circle facing one another with a little bit of intention. They were newbies. They were, they were exploring this as well. But I heard or felt like a voice come through me that I had never heard before. I believe it was my authentic self. Mm. I believe it was the voice that I had never been given permission to access. And, And this is all like, you know, I was a walking, functioning human on the planet. But that voice I experienced was different. And I was immediately hooked. I was 24. And the reason I was hooked is because, you know, we pass a talking piece around, could be, you know, like a stick, a feather, a shell, whatever. We pass a talking stick around. And as soon as I heard from every woman in the circle that they all were going through something 
And I was like, oh, I'm not alone. Oh, that woman over there who I thought is like this, whatever, big fancy producer who has it all together. Oh, she's struggling with her phase in life right now. Might be different from mine, but I was just given this beautiful opportunity to not only see other women, but to learn from other women, to recognize myself and other women. And I was instantly hooked. And I was like, why aren't we doing this all the time? So this group of friends, we started to explore it more and more and more. I went to other circles. And then around 15 years ago, I started leading circles. I got a teepee in my backyard. That's a whole other chapter, but I got a teepee in my backyard because I wanted a spiritual gathering place for community. And I felt really drawn to lead circles and share what I had experienced way back then and kept experiencing and still do experience. I wanted to provide that space for more women to just experience their authentic voices, you know, experience themselves and to learn from one another. That was the other big thing. In our 20s, 30s, we were looking for love. We were career women. We were wanting to partner. We were eventually wanting to get married, have babies. And we were not getting the information we were seeking from the outside world, from culture, advertising, movies, you know, capitalism. I was like, I want to hear from women about women's issues, journeys. I want to I learn from you who's married, what, what, what this is all about. I want to learn from you who's had a baby. What's it like to have a baby? I want to learn from you what it's like to go through divorce. I want to learn from you what it's like to start a career. And that's why I was so drawn to being in circles with women. I want to learn from women because that's where the, the real stuff was. That's mm -hmm. where the real information was. And then I could go on and on about as I was growing up and younger generations were coming into the circle, I was learning from them too. So circling with other generations, I was, it was blowing my mind. I want to hear from the elders. I want to learn from my contemporaries and I want to listen to the young people too, because what they're bringing in with them, I have chills, what they're bringing in with them is, is different than what I know. So I became wildly interested, not only in leading circles, but encouraging and teaching and sharing with other women how to lead circles, because it's not that hard. I'm slightly obsessed with it and think everybody should be doing it. It's not for everyone, but there are so many women out there that are looking for what it is you're writing about in your book what it is I'm doing in circles. And, and, and they're, they're, they, we all feel this like we're missing something. And what we're missing is sharing and communing and being together in this, in this more conscious and beneficial way. High schoolers are busy, but no one's too busy to help fight cancer. The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society is looking for their next student visionaries of the year. Could that be your child? High schoolers who participate in the seven-week philanthropic leadership development program gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. 
Forming strong teams behind them, they fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor right in their local community. Most importantly, this campaign is an opportunity for high schoolers to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Sound like something your child might be interested in? You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. So I want you to to sort of take us through the structure of a circle. I mean, my mom, and maybe they were called sort of I don't, consciousness raising groups. Or when I was a kid, my mom was part of a women's group and my dad was part of a men's group. And they still meet today, or to this day, they still sort of celebrate birthdays and gather. And I never had that. So I also felt like something like that was missing, sort of a reason to gather and start talking but when I've circled with you, it's primarily been with strangers. And I'm, I know you've experienced both sort of circling with women you know intimately and also with people you've never met and will never see again. I would imagine, is there s- s- sort of a energetic difference between the two? Do you have a p- preference? I mean, I'm sure it's with your friends. I'm kidding. But do you have a preference? Yep. No, actually, sometimes it's harder to circle with my friends. I don't have a preference because I learn so much and there's so much value in each and every circle. So I've been mainly leading circles virtually since the pandemic. And so it's been with women from all over the United States, other countries. And that's been really eye-opening and affirming that women anywhere, everywhere are going through similar journeys. So I love the expansiveness of circling with people that I don't know in my inner circle. Circling with friends and we do celebration circles and we do mostly at celebration circles now. And that just feels amazing because we're each other's witness and we get to really, you know, just honor everything that we've gone through or we are currently going through. So I think both have both are different and both have value. And the structure is really simple. Do you want me to talk about the structure that I've yeah. that I've Yeah. If so I've yeah, talk about this. Yeah. Like what people will experience if they come and try a circle sort of under your wings. And I know there are other women who lead circles as well. But what are the what's the structure and sort of take us through the rules too? Because I think that, you know, circling with you what I love is the safety that you provide and and the boundary, the, the container. It's very important to have a container. And particularly as people are opening up, like you kind of have to know how to help people suture themselves after a moment of vulnerable sharing. So take us through the, the science and the art of it. So these are guidelines that I've cultivated over the years. So they're not rules, but I like to think of them as gifts that we give one another as we're co-creating the container together. So each person in the circle is the most important part. I'm the facilitator. I offer these guidelines. I can't mandate them. I can't 
guarantee that everybody's going to abide by them. But if we all go into agreement, like, hey, these guidelines feel good, then we really have a, an opportunity to create a space that is filled with connection and filled with love and filled with, dare I say, magic, because I've seen it happen time and time again. So because I've been doing this for almost 30 years and facilitating for 15, I actually have the data that these guidelines really, really work. And I'm constantly like fine tuning them and we can do it virtually or we can do it in person. So they, the same guidelines apply, but really think of them as gifts. So I'm going to give you the gift of hanging on your every word and listening to the person that's sharing. And one person shares at a time. We use a talking piece where that signals to the rest of the group that that person has our undivided attention. And something really cool happens just with those two guidelines. We're so used to interrupting. We're so used to chiming in. We're so used to like, let me show you what I know. But we're rarely taught how to just hold space and just be a witness mm -hmm. and just kind of chillax and let that person drop in and share. And if a group of us are doing this together, just those two guidelines creates a different atmosphere. Mm. If I'm holding a if I'm holding a talking piece, I'm actually accessing a different part of my way of being with myself and with you. And also, it's great for women, it's great for men too, but for women to be given the permission to just like it's okay to just listen. Sit back and listen sit back and hold space. So those two. Another guideline is that what's shared in the circle stays in the circle. And that means that if you share something, Elise, that I think is amazing and great and wonderful, it's your share. It's gonna. I'm going to hold it sacred in the circle. I'm not going to use it outside of the circle for my, for my own exchange of, I don't know, some type of currency that might make me look good, feel good, whatever. And I hear incredible things in circles and I want to share all the time, but I'll be very mindful that this guideline helps us co-create a brave space for us to be together. So if we all go into this agreement, what's shared in the circle stays in the circle. Well, then I have like one more bit of, you know, opportunity to just act, to just be more truthful with myself and be more truthful with you. Another guideline is that you don't have to share if you don't want to. So then everybody relaxes because everybody's like, I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want to share stuff that I don't want to be forced to share. Great. Don't share. Don't share if you don't want to. You can sit and hold space for other women to share. I do invite women in this circle. And I'm talking primarily about women because I lead circles primarily for and with women. So I'll just keep using that noun is that you get to listen to your intuition in a circle and go, oh, I'm going to share, I'm going to share that story about that time. And then this other voice will come in and be like, who do you think you are? Don't share that. No one's going to like you. You're going to be judged. It's a stupid story. Don't share that. And so I talk about that in circles and I say, you know, start to listen to that kinder voice, that intuition, because that's coming from somewhere that, that story wants to be shared and it might not be for you. It might be for someone else in the circle. So you're invited to one of the guidelines is, is start to listen to your intuition and that kind voice more than the 
negative voice. Another guideline is keep circle talk in the circle. So even though you and I are friends and after a circle, I might want to go up to you and go, oh my God, Elise, that thing you shared. Holy shit, brutal. I can't believe that happened to you. Well, I've noticed that sometimes things are shared in a circle that are only meant for that circle. Maybe this is the first time you're sharing that. Maybe this is the only time you're sharing that. Maybe it's just for the circle to hold that truth. Maybe that share was for somebody else in the circle. And so I brought that guideline into play because I saw it happen where someone would bring something up outside of a circle and that woman would recoil or shut down or not mm -hmm. want to share again. So all these practices, like I said, these gifts, we're giving one another so that we can have this deeper experience with ourselves and with one another. Another guideline is that we practice self-care, that we take care of ourselves first and foremost in the circle, that we don't just try to be good and, you know, hold on if we have to go to the bathroom or check our phone or do whatever, that we actually really practice taking care of ourselves, which you'd be surprised how many of us will sit and not do that. So I like to front load all of these guidelines before every circle. I think my favorite guideline is that tears are welcome. I always bring tissues to a circle because in all the circles I've led, up until now, it's starting to change. I would hear these exact words. I'm sorry, I'm crying. I don't know why I'm crying. I'm sorry, I'm crying. And I felt after learning how to cry in a circle myself, I felt like we need to address this. We need to talk about this. We need to actually highlight and welcome our authentic selves. So tears are welcome is in, just covers everything. Your most authentic self, all of your feelings are welcome. Your rage is welcome. Your anger is welcome. Your disappointment is welcome. Your joy is welcome. Your celebration is welcome. You've got good news to share. Share the good news. We need to hear it. I mean, really, what we do in circles, we're, circles are the antidote for all the seven deadly sins. Mm -hmm. Every single one of them. You know, we, we practice self-care. We practice celebrating one another, supporting one another, actively supporting one another, actively. Mm -hmm. We practice celebrating ourselves. You know, I'm really, I'm really proud of what I just went through. I just want to share it with everybody. Like, I, I just got this job. I just did this thing. I just had this baby. Like, I'm really proud. We get to practice celebrating ourselves, self-acceptance, loving our bodies, accomplishments, or even big dreams. How many times women, me included, would share something like, I really want to do this thing. Like, I'm kind of scared, but I really want to share circling with more people. I remember whispering it in a circle. I really want to share this with more women. Someone going, I really want to like start this business. I really want to go back to school. I really want to. So we actually practice like dreaming big. I used to do manifestation circles, full moon manifesting circles for years. And women were allowing themselves to dream big in circles. We talk about like not only loving our bodies, but our our sexuality, our 
sensuality, our what's working, what's not working, menopause, childbirth. I learned about motherhood and childbirth from other women in circles because I was away from my support system that were in other states because I had moved away. So anyway, back to tears are welcome. In the circle, women have, I've seen it. You know, if women have been circling with me for a long time. I watch them go from completely cut off from every emotion, but they're kind of together. They're kind of functioning. They're kind of happy. But as soon as they start to unleash and uncoil and untether and excavate and have an emotion, <laughs> tears, let's say, and the world doesn't stop spinning and they're actually okay, they start to blossom and they start to expand and I, and their, and their voice changes. Mm. You start to hear a different sound, a different quality come through them. So tears are welcome. Big is my, I always say this, I joke like every, every guideline is my favorite, but it's my favorite because I had to learn how to cry. Mm. And I learned how to cry in circles. And now I, now I love my tears. I, I've learned so much from my tears from, but it was witnessing other women own their own, own their entirety, own their tears, own their joy, own their rage, own their stories, own themselves. What is the other guidelines that want to be spoken? I have probably like 15 or 20 <laughs> because I, I keep fine tuning them because I find them so But valuable. I think it's so, yeah. And, and, and what I've experienced with you too, I wrote a newsletter recently about this idea of empathy or this, and this Buddhist saying, don't just do something, stand there. But <laughs> from what I recall, you know, this, you know, you can make a gesture, you can hold your hands over your heart, you can sort of acknowledge, physically acknowledge someone share, but you are not to respond, offer advice, even overt sympathy, right? It's just a recognition of what was said so that people don't feel like, I mean, it's our instinct, right? To help, to fix, to repair, nurture. And that's also very powerful because it keeps a circle. You don't end up on sort of long tangents where you're offering sort of unpedigreed group therapy to someone. It's really just an act of one-way expression. Although it also felt like in people sharing, as you said, like listen to the voice because it might be for someone else in the same way that we sort of carry signs to other people the amount of resonance that was created. I think in the, the online circle that I was in with you, we were talking about loneliness maybe, or I don't even know if there was a theme, but people started just resonating intensely mm. with this idea of, oh, me too. Which, you know, having just written a book that like trying to hit that chord, that Carl Rogers chord of the personal is universal, 
that yes. so much of what we experience, it might look slightly different and then be in a different order, but that it is, we are effectively not the same person, but many of us are hitting the same strings of experience. And to move that from, oh, I thought that was only me to, oh my God, so many, so many of us, I think is a deeply healing movement into a shared experience from sort of a a personal or individual suffering. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the, it's the idea of separation that's killing us, Mm -hmm. that we're so separate, we're so different. And the power of circling and women gathering is that we instantly feel the connection. We're instantly, even with women we don't know, the theme loneliness that emerged from the circle we sat in, it's that's what was, let's say, the oversoul of that circle. Each circle has its own personality, identity. And I could start a circle saying, we're going to talk about self-care. And we get to, and the theme that emerges is something completely different. I have, hmm. I, I have led circles in elementary schools at my kids' charter school. And, you know, I would, in a second grade class, I would start, okay, let's talk about, you know, share what's your favorite ice cream as an opener. And we'd go around the circle. And by the time it came back to me, we were talking about gun violence. Mm. Why? Because that's what needed to be shared in that circle because there had been some, there was a lot of gun violence that was in that collective. So the circle also dictates itself of what wants to come through. And with women, what wants to come through is the healing of all the themes that are in your book. Mm. We, we, we want, so when I started leading circles or, or, found circling all those years ago it was a collective 12 that was happening and it's continuing to happen it's like women wanting to move out of the the experiences that we've been stuck in we yeah. we want to we want to undo these conditions or these fears or these these feelings of separation that are just antithetical to to like it's not who we are yeah so, so when we're given the permission to be vulnerable in a safe place, to connect, to support one another, and back to what you said, but when we're given the permission, then we're like, oh, this is amazing. Where, where has this been all my life? Oh, this is, this is so much better than walking into a room and feeling less than and competitive and separate. And we're, we're like done with that. Like that's yeah. so, that's so hopefully we're evolving out of that but back to what you said about one of the guidelines is, is the way i like to lead a circle is that yeah we don't we don't offer adv- advice there's no crosstalk we do gestures or we say yes and to let the woman know that what you're saying resonates with me and we do a sign that shows we've got we just got goosebumps like your truth is my truth your pain is my pain your story does resonate with my story so that even though we're not saying, oh my God, yeah, me too. The, the woman can feel, the woman who's sharing can feel that what she's saying is connecting with all the other women in the circle. And I do sometimes offer a support round, which is you ask permission, would you like support? Yes, I'd love support. 
And then you use that woman's share to support her where she's at. You don't say, you know what I think you should do? You don't offer advice, but you say, I really want to support you where you're at. And then you just reflect back to them what they said. So powerful for the, mm. to, feel, to feel seen and heard and witnessed. And that's all you're saying is like, I see you, I feel you, I got you, I support you in what you're going through or about to go through. And then the other thing is that we offer our experience rather than advice. Advice is great. I'm not saying advice is, but just for this particular practice. So if let's say a woman's getting married and the women that are married in the circle want to offer advice, they can offer it in the form of experience. You know, when I was starting out and I first was a newlywed or whatever, and then they share a story and then that woman gets to carry that story with her or not, but she'll always remember the story that was shared more so than I think than she'll remember the nice. advice. Vet bills can be expensive, but Spot Pet Insurance can give you up to 90% cash back on vet bills so you can worry less about high vet bills. Yep, up to 90% cash back on vet bills for unexpected accidents, illness, and even routine care. And with Spot Pet Insurance plans, you can go to any vet you want in the U.S. or Canada. There's no network you need to stick to, so visit your favorite vet and you can save money on expensive vet bills. That's Spot Pet Insurance. It's no wonder Spot is America's favorite pet insurance. Visit SpotPet.com for a free quote today. For all terms, visit SpotPetInst.com slash sample-policy. Spot Pet insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produce Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. This is an independent ad from Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. It's so interesting. You know, I was thinking about how everything stays in the circle, et cetera, and how transactional we can all be in the way that we exchange information or we're sort of like magpies looking for anecdotes, right, to sprinkle across our conversation. I think it's a very human impulse. But even just to sort of have that guideline of this is not for retention, this is for sort of energetic vibration, because I'm thinking of the circle that we went to and I don't recall any of the details of what was shared, just the feeling. And so that's really like sort of stripping away the content too, to just get at whatever that resonance field is. I think it's a, is a very powerful equalizer. Of, it's like beyond the mental. It sort of takes the mental yes. out of it. You're not trying to remember or like code a story or like, yeah. Yeah. So get the information. This is, this is why this practice has been so powerful for me and other women. Is that where else do we take ourselves together to the sacred? Or do we bring the sacred into our exchange? Mm -hmm. So circling is a sacred practice. The, the guidelines make it sacred. The guidelines make it a ritual. And to make it sacred, you know, light a candle, use the guidelines, meditate, pray, call in, whatever your degree of sacredness wants to be. But just the guidelines make it sacred. And amongst women, that's profound. 
So that guideline of what's shared in the circle stays in the circle is a sacred agreement that we're making with one another. It's like, I'm, I'm almost vowing to you that I'm not going to use your truth as an exchange. And I believe Carissa said this, that we can, we can extract the, like the moral of the story yes. without repeating the story. I can share, I heard this incredible story of courage in a circle. I'm just not going to share the details, the names, and, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 like the precious privacy of it. But I can take the moral of the story and I can embody that and I can share mm-hmm. that. This was something that came up th- this last year in circles that I I was witnessing is that, you know, when we do this profound listening, like hanging on the woman's every word, if I'm really hanging on your every word and I'm taking in, in your story by not thinking about myself and up in my ego, what am I going to say next? That's another guideline is you try not to rehearse when someone mm-hmm. else is sharing about what you're going to say, but you really hang on that woman's every word. If I really allow your story to enter me and I hold it, and then from there, I'm going to share a story that's coming to me and so on and so forth, that we're weaving our stories together. We're strengthening our fiber as women who share stories. Like your your book is because you share so much of your own personal story. And then you share so much of the collective wisdom that you have gathered. And now women are getting to access their own stories. But in circles, they as they share their stories, our stories become one story. Mm. We connect our stories and then that becomes the strengthening fiber of, of women's narrative. That's how we're changing the story by sharing our stories, but it's not just like, I'm going to share it one way because we have a lot of that with social media, with even, even reading books. It's like, I read a book, it's one way, but then what do I do with it? So if we bring it into a circle and we all keep sharing our stories in this sacred way, well, then our stories connect and then we're weaving a new story together. That's yeah. the, that's that's what I find so valuable about circling is that I carry all of these stories with me now. Like they are my stories too. Yeah. I have a question about sort of equalizing power. I was just recently talking to Austin Channing Brown and she was talking about sort of white women reaching for power instead of leading with vulnerability. And, you know, within our culture, we have so many layers of power. And you and I both know, like, very powerful women. And we were even talking about this in the context of circling around the book or like how that would work. And I was saying, I don't, I can't be, I shouldn't be present because I don't want to inhibit how people talk about the book and or make people feel like they're performing or something in front of me. But how do you, and maybe it's just a function of where we live, how do you equalize the circle if there's someone that people recognize or like, oh, that person has more power than I do? Mm. Does that just go away? Or is there sort of, because I've, in my experience of it, it's always this sort of like need to be seen by people with more power and 
that sort of changes the sharing. Has that, have you experienced that or how do you experience that? So I believe that the guidelines really do help as a great equalizer. So I have, I have sat in these type of circles you're talking about where there's a experience of somebody being like very successful and then someone who you would say is not as successful. I don't know. But what's so amazing about circles is that all that kind of persona is is left outside because we're really mm-hmm. just doing soul work in there. So I have sat in circles where the really well-known person is is equal in the circle yeah. because of the format, because of the because of the guidelines. And they feel actual relief that they just uh, they they don't have to hold that space for everybody, but they can just be themselves and they can just experience the circle as as well. And then everybody else gets to work on their stuff too about what comes up for you when you're around somebody that you're perceiving as more or less than you. Yeah. And it is it is a it is a practice of equality. And it's a practice of connection and it's a practice of disconnecting from your ego. I had had one group a long time ago where we'd been circling for quite a few months. It was once a month. And, and then they threw me a, like a gratitude party for, for sponsoring all these circles. And one of the women looked at the other women. She was like, what do you do for a living? Like we had been in these circles for so long and, but we didn't know like, where we Mm. lived or what kind of car we drove or what we really did for them because that's not what was being discussed or accessed in the circle it was like the opposite of status yeah it was it was spirit it was soul it was that's so powerful beyond that Mm -hmm. because as you were saying it's like it's hard in any any social structure when we're in our comparison led society to not be rating ourselves against each other. And so you think about the antidote and it's like, oh, is everyone sort of on a blacked out computer screen and anonymized? And But the idea of even allowing it to be present and then sort of equalizing against it and to notice how it shows up is very mm-hmm. powerful, I think. I don't know. Just something I'm I'm interested in. And I've observed so much of being present to that and also like the pressure of that and not not directed at me, but how we sort of in in a culture where there are so many striations around achievement, wealth, obviously gender, class, visibility, sort of how we can start stripping all of those things away to get to the basic humanness. And to be conscious of all of those factors, those overlapping Venn diagrams at the same time, I think is also very helpful and beautiful. So it's like in one way, I want to take it all away. And then the other, it's like, no, let it be present so we can actually understand it. Yes. If you want to discover where your imbalances are, go sit in a circle. Yeah. Go face, go face and go and be still and see what comes and see what comes up. I'm never surprised. And I'm always surprised that really powerful women, how insecure they are, Mm -hmm. 
how 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 much they don't want you to see. They're real and they're successful and they're amazing, but they're afraid of of their own vulnerability or they don't want to be seen in that way or it's hard for them because they're they're kind of used to spinning enough plates to to keep it all going that sitting in a circle does not feel um, yeah until they do it a few times and then and then they're like oh oh I get it oh this this makes sense this feels right and then a lot of a lot of you know, we're all going to keep learning and we're all going to keep growing and evolving. And, and a lot of women don't know what is, what imbalance they have until they sit in a circle and they have big realizations because they see, they see themselves in other women and they're like, ah, that's me. So circling can be very personal, meaning you have your own awareness. It's not like, you know, you come to a circle and everybody sees you and they know everything about you and now you're outed. No, it's you can have an experience where you see yourself and everybody in the circle, you have an inner awakening that leads you down a spiritual path of getting to know yourself in a way that you had no idea. Like I've, I've, I see it happen all the time where a woman will say, I've never shared this before. I don't know why I'm sharing, but it was something that so-and-so said, and I feel like I need to share it. And that share will be part of the whole circle that will then be a ripple effect that will then inspire somebody else to share. And then you have this whole you know, circle of women, women having these epiphanies about themselves, for themselves. Nobody's forcing them to do anything but it's simply just from women sharing their stories. I know everyone says that your 20s are supposed to be the best years of your life, but that wasn't the case for me. I kind of hated my 20s or found that decade really hard. Sensing that I was in the dumps and needed a timeout, my late brother-in-law and best friend Peter took me to France one year. Officially, we were going to see and stay with his aunt, but really I think he wanted to cheer me up. We went to the flea markets in the countryside on the weekends where I found a set of very old religious medals. I decided to invest these medals with the belief that everything in my life could shift. And over the following months, things started to move. I kept these medals close and then figured out how to frame them myself. I did this badly, but well enough that they could stay with me ever since. When Peter passed away in 2017, these medals became even more precious to me earning pride of place next to my desk. They're a talisman of luck, yes, and also of Peter. But my poor framing job from 2002 started to fail recently, and so I decided to entrust my medals to FrameBridge to have them framed right. I've been having FrameBridge frame all my family photos for years. You can upload digital prints, and they do a beautiful and speedy job, making them the perfect place for holiday gifts, as my mother-in-law and parents treasure photos of my kids, or at least I convince myself they do, and they confirm this for me. But FrameBridge also takes on objects that are typically expensive and difficult to frame, whether it's menus, tickets, original artwork, personal milestones, hotel keys, keys to your first home, or in my case, medals. You can easily order online at FrameBridge.com or visit one of their 20-plus FrameBridge retail stores, 
They provide free, secure, prepaid packaging for physical items. They will then frame your piece and ship it to you in days. It's easy, it's affordable, you know exactly what it will cost up front, and they offer every conceivable framing option. Everything I've framed has always looked even better than I expected. Plus, if you're not 100% happy with your piece, they'll make it right. See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's FrameBridge.com. You know, it's funny. People say like, oh, I want to join a book club or I want to book club the book. And some women are doing it amongst their friends. But I also just wanted to write something that could be circled where you didn't even have to read the book in order to access that emotion. And so I'm sending people to you. And so how I know you lead circles and then you're teaching women to lead circles. What's your what's your dream? Yeah, I'm I'm in a beautiful sacred pause right now. So I've been leading circles nonstop and I just I just took this pause to answer that question. And it's going to my dream is around sharing the art of circling with more and more women. I'm like allowing spirit to move through me right now to give me the next big inspiration because it's all been inspired. None of this was I didn't seek any of this out. It just all kind of came through me. But to write about it, to to empower more women through circling. Yeah, just to keep sharing it. That's the dream. To keep sharing it and and having it grow and serve and you know become you know, just to join the movement that's already happening. So mm. yeah, I don't really have like like a specific like I could articulate it exactly right yeah. now. And I'm and I'm actually okay with it for the first time. I used to think like God, I gotta I have to know exactly what I want. And and I want to keep circling, that's for sure, even though yeah. I've taken this pause. Because well, it's it's been my main, you know, I've been on a path and committed to my own healing for so long. And it's been the it's been the the main spiritual practice of, of mine that has provided me with the most healing, in addition to many other things. But it's really been yeah. my main my main focus. Well, thinking about Carissa again, as she said, exploration, not expectation. And it's interesting because I feel like as a relative outsider looking at this, one, it requires no special tools, no special training in the sense of its ability to sort of scale or spread. And so to sort of let it sort of birth it and let it go and sort of I think most of us recognize in that process like oh this is what we're built to do like this is what we have done historically we're we're severed from it or many of us have been severed from it but gathering together to share information is foundationally Mm -hmm. human and definitely part of the feminine and Mm, yeah so it's it's like to think about trying to sort of constrain it or codify it or program it or determine exactly what it should be is probably futile 
and limiting where where it's sort of a limitless, expansive idea. Mm. I mean, the idea mm. of women creating spaces, following guidelines to keep people in a container where they feel safe, but letting it sort of go mm-hmm. is quite a beautiful idea. Yeah, I was, when I was thinking about talking to you today, you know, I have I have a lot of books and I just reached for this one book because it was the book that really ignited that my desire to lead circles and to keep leading them. And, and really there's been so many different versions of circles. You know, you could just be sitting at your dinner table and pick up a talking piece and throw out a prompt Mm -hmm. and, and deepen your, your connection with your family. And I've had women write me saying, Oh my God, I did a circle at my dinner table last night. And it was, we learned, we learned things about each other that we never knew. So as simple as that, you know, bringing circling to your dinner table or your family gathering or your kid's classroom or the boardroom or the retreat or the women's group or the book club, like it's really, it's really endless. But and I, I, I picked this up. It was one of the, you know, those, those first books that you read that are just life changing. And so this book is Circle of Stones by Judith Dirk woman's journey to herself and this and it's very poetic but this was the portion that really ignited something in me that was like oh this is why this is why I will always circle and always lead circles can I read it to you can I read the quote yeah please it says how might your life have been different if there had been a place for you a place for you to go a place of women to help you learn the ways of woman, a place where you were nurtured from an ancient flow, sustaining you and steadying you as you sought to become yourself, a place of women to help you find and trust the ancient flow already there within yourself, waiting to be released, a place of women. How might your life be different? Mm, Beautiful. And it was when, you know, my life felt different when I started circling and, and I just, I just love that I get to sit and share it with other women who feel the same way, who have the same experience where I had a woman write to me and she said, I had no idea that this was possible amongst Mm. women. And it was a modern woman. It was a modern working woman who, who said, I had, I had no idea that women could be this way with other women. Isn't that Mm. just amazing? And then, and, and all it is, like you said, it's like, and all it is, is like this simple, this simple form. Yeah. That where we're given permission to be who we are, to share, to support, to explore, to undo to rewrite about that. We do a lot of, I was looking at the different themes that I circled about last year. And, you know, I would come up with these themes based on all of the circles that I had been leading. And a lot of it is about rewriting our story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
and telling and the truer one. Yeah, and and actually, like, what story am I? Whose story am I living? Where that come from, and how can I now live a more authentic version of the actual story I want to be living? Sitting in a circle with Drea is so powerful. She has this energy, this grounding uh, presence about her that's so deeply rooted, connected, empathic. It really is an alchemical process. And she's offered, you know, we've been talking about on our best behavior, and she's offered to find ways to create circles around it. So if you go to her website, The Art of Circling, think she's doing a circle for every sin and it's really incredible it might seem like a vulnerability bath to do this with women you don't know but it's not identifying in some ways you're sharing the most personal parts of yourself without actually sharing any identifying details it's kind of a uh, the opposite of how we operate in culture today so I highly highly recommend it I think once you experience it you will want to do it with people you know and don't know, people you love and don't yet love. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. You can find show notes and full transcripts of the episodes at theelisepodcast.com. While there, please sign up for my Substack newsletter. I send a short note every Wednesday about topics that are aligned with this show and a deeper dive on Sundays. Or follow me on Instagram at Elise Lunen. Meanwhile, if you haven't already, please pre-order my book coming May 23rd. It's called On Our Best Behavior, The Seven Deadly Sins and the Price Women Pay to Be Good. And it's an exploration of the ways we've been programmed to police ourselves and each other. I'd also like to give a huge thank you to my sponsors who make this show possible. Please support them the way they support this podcast. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio. If you enjoyed this episode, please listen, rate, review, and follow Pulling the Thread, available for now, for free, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to give a shout-out to Phil Svitek, Lauren LaGrasso, Mary-Kate McDonough, Ali Brockman, and the entire Cadence 13 team for producing these episodes, and to Valero Doval for my key art. Take care of yourselves. I'll see you next week.